Welcome to The Pick, the podcast that's both dirty and clean at the same time. I am your host, King Coolin Westman. I'm joined by... Johnny G. Shut uh, 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 on, Lemmy. <laughs> What's Johnny G a reference to? Johnny G. Luigi. Oh, Johnny. This isn't the EG. first time we've done a Mario intro on a podcast. What was the other one? Um, well, it's just, I don't know what it was for. Maybe it was for video games. Sean was Shawnee-O, so I went with John E.G., um, um, Colin Kong, and Matt uh, was Mauser. Mauser. Wow. So I just got that in my back pocket anytime I need to say John E.G. Okay. Yeah, I heard it as Johnny G, so I was just like, is that just like one of their Brooklyn friends is just like, hey, I'm Johnny G. I mean, it's a great name. Actually, that's what I meant. Okay, I like that better. You're Johnny G. Johnny G. Supporting character. Jersey Shore reject, yeah. Worked at a pizza shop that they went to in a deleted scene. One of the mad Um, sons from Do the Right Thing. (laughs) <laughs> hey hey one of them is in this movie <laughs> he's not he's not the mad one though he's oh yeah that's like, right wow can't, can't remember that actor's name but yeah he's the one who isn't john totoro yeah i i know yeah <laughs> richard edson it's in like Koopa. a Jarmouche movie. I can't. Is it Stranger Than Paradise? He is. Yeah, he's in Stranger Than Paradise. And he's like a musician. Like I thought, I read that he was like the first drummer for Sonic Youth or something crazy. <laughs> it's like wow. Now he's in Mario. What a career. Uh, yeah, yeah. From 1981 to 1982, he was Sonic Youth's original drummer. Well, I just like a, such an unpredictable career trajectory. He's yeah. <laughs> Who knew? 12 years later after he was in Sonic Youth he'd be in the Super Mario Brothers movie. He hasn't there's an action figure of him too. He would have an action figure. Nice. I don't know who gets the the goon action figures completions I suppose. <laughs> yeah. The fans. The fans. The real fans. Uh so yeah, we are talking about Super Mario Brothers, the film from 1993. That first brought these beloved video game characters to the screen. There is a new one coming out. Um, probably in a matter of days after this podcast drops. How are you guys feeling about the new Mario Brothers movie? It's looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it, I guess. I'm, I'll never get over the Chris Pratt thing. I'll never get over it. It's really confusing. But otherwise, especially, yeah. Especially considering the casting in this movie also is a guy with a not very Italian voice. I don't know. I mean, he looks charming, perfect. Though. He looks perfect. I mean, I was like, talking to Sean about yeah. this. I'm like, 
I was, I was like, oh, it's such good casting, but I'm like, but who else would it have been, like, realistically? It was either going to be him or Danny DeVito, right? <laughs> yeah, like, who I else think, could it have been? I think he was Burt Young it. is going to be. I know that, um, uh, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman was interested in playing Mario, <laughs> but that, that wouldn't have worked. That would have been really weird. Oh, boy. He's always interested. That's his thing. Yeah. It's just like, why not? Sure. Okay. But then that's I watched it. I can't an interview else who done it. recently with Dustin Hoffman. It was mm-hmm. in the context of Kung Fu Panda 3. And uh, whoever was interviewing him asked him about his character. And Dustin Hoffman had no idea what kind of animal his character was in Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> a character he had played in two previous movies. That's how checked out he was. I mean, do you know what kind of animal he was, Sean? He's a red panda. All right. Just checking. Um, well, since we're already on the topic, some of the other casting possibilities were... Um, they were thinking about Tom Hanks for a little while as Luigi. It's Luigi. But I guess he had like a string of movies that were kind of bombs... I'm guessing one of them was the Burbs. So they were like, nah, let's get John Leguizamo, who had been in, like, nothing at that point. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think if Robin Williams had been Mario, this would have been a hit? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, this was the same year as Mrs. Doubtfire, which was Um, Yeah, I feel like he's, he's he's, like, popular and manic enough to bring this thing to the finish line. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting you're saying it wasn't a hit. I just assumed this was a hit because it's a Mario Brothers movie. This didn't do good. No, it didn't do good. I didn't think it did. Yeah, it did not make back its budget. Uh, I mean, it looks it looks expensive. It's got so many effects and sets. Yep, it like went way over budget, and then. yeah, it just didn't do that good at the box office. I wonder what it opened up. I would love to know about that opening weekend. <laughs> so let's see. This is May 28th, 1993. Wow. Day before my birthday. <laughs> yeah, you're... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even see your, it in theaters. And I certainly knew who Mar- like, what that was, like what Mario was. Yeah, but you didn't control when you got to go to the theater at that age. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, like, forced my dad to take me to True Lies. So, like... Wow. 1994. Uh, box office mojo is confusing to me now. I think that was, like, cliffhanger times. <laughs> Maybe? Cli- there you go. Sylvester Stallone. Is, uh, he's Italian. <laughs> him as Luigi, Burt Young as Mario. <laughs> yeah, that could have worked. Wow, I can't tell you anything about these other movies that opened on the same weekend besides Cliffhanger. Well, okay, what else we got? Happily Ever After, an animated musical uh, starring Dom DeLuise. Uh, is are they animals? I'll click on it. 
Um, it looks like a Snow White thing because it's Damn. like there's like a lady with a bunch of animals. Wow, I figured I knew my my '90s animation. We're 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 talking about some deep cuts off podcast recently. Starring Dom <laughs> DeLuise, Malcolm McDowell, Phyllis Diller, Zsa Gabor, Ed Asner, Sally Kellerman, Irene Cara, and Carol Channing. Huh. Wow, Carol never, Channing, never the oldest person it. who ever lived. Oldest person who ever lived. What else is in that? Uh, in the top of that box office. Well, I'm just looking at the stuff that opened that weekend. Okay. Um, like Water for Chocolate was also that weekend. At least I know of it. The Long Day Closes. Looks like also um, Made in America. And Made in America's last one on this list, yeah. The Ted Dance and Whoopi Goldberg movie. Yeah. Oh, that was like... Uh, uh, is that where they, they fell dating. in love? Is that when well, he did Blackface? They were already dating. Um, I don't think he did blackface in a movie. Not in the movie, but that was was around the time of that controversy. Yeah. Um, Then it looks like Dave in its third week. Ooh, Dave. It didn't didn't open, but it was like ahead of Mario Brothers on its own. I love Dave. I was watching that during the last um, elections. I I put on Dave, and it's delightful. Mm -hmm. You can fix everything in America as long as you have... Charles Grodin as your grumpy accountant. He can fix everything. Wow. Sounds about right. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And Mario. Nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Kevin Klein, oh. another great choice for Mario, in my opinion. <laughs> he just, he just, just gonna... rocks a mustache. He just mm. he rocks a mustache well, Kevin Klein. I'm just going to put Dave on my list of 90s romantic comedies that include gaslighting and just generally being horrible to the world <laughs> like you've got mail like you've got mail it's tough though because dave like has to do that because they're like they're telling him he's got to do that mm. frank langella's like if you if you fuck this up i want to kill you <laughs> i don't think i don't think he says that but you know that's that's what he means <laughs> i feel like um while you were sleeping might be kind of in that genre. It's a little different, but it's like... Sure. I, I've ingrained myself in your family, and now you've just woken up. So, like, you might as well just fall in love with me, because I know your family now. But that's 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 flipped, right? Because it's the lady doing the villainy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, good. Good. Well, that's different, then. It's yeah. nice that it happened one time the other way. Yeah. A woman was doing some real creepy stuff to make a man <laughs> fall in love with her. Um, anyways, this is this feels like the longest we've ever taken to get to the little picks, but, you know, it's been a while. We're rusty. We gotta, we gotta get our, our talks out. We gotta talk our nonsense. We're rusty. We are rusty. It's a Venture Brothers reference for the, the real fans out there. Sorry, I guess I'm not a real fan. <laughs> Even though I think I've seen all of it. For the real ones. Yeah. Anyways, my little pick is going to be yeah. a book Whoa. that... Oh, Yawn. Oh. <laughs> all right. I like it's, not that, it's not that highbrow of a book. It's, <laughs> it's a book that I like. definitely was meaning to read for a long time because it's by... like. One of my favorite 
favorite people, I would say, or, or least favorite podcasters, um, Tom Sharpling. I, I finally read his memoir, It Never Ends. And, uh, I mean, it has a lot of the sort of things I go to him for, lots of funny stories, some of them that he's already told on, on the best show, um, his long-running radio show and podcast. But there's also a part of yeah. his story that he goes into depth about that I never knew happened and really no nobody did except for like his close friends like he had never talked about it on the podcast I'm not sure if do you guys want me to spoil it for you I mean it's real life yeah I mean I looked on his wikipedia page and it's updated there so I feel like it's it's okay so I guess when he was a teenager um he was really depressed and at one point he like took so many sleeping pills that like he almost died uh and so his parents made him go through electroshock therapy oh my god and uh because of that like he there's like lots of chunks of his childhood that he can't really remember and so uh yeah this was like the first time he had ever talked about it and it's just it was just really <laughs> kind of blew my mind just because, I mean, when you listen to a podcaster a lot, like you spend hours with them and you feel like you really know them. But like mm-hmm. with this, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know this huge <laughs> part of Tom Sharfling uh, and his history. Uh, and also turns out Tom Sharfling's not his real name. <gasps> Yeah. It's uh, his real name is. <laughs> I don't. I gotta. I gotta look it up. It's like Tom Giuliano or something. It's very Italian. Wow. Maybe he should have been Mario. Yeah. Maybe. He'd oh, yeah, like, be a right. great Mario if they did it right now. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. A little bit grumpy Mario. Yeah. Love it. And he's got great voice acting experience. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on Steven Universe. Um, so yeah, it like starts out pretty dark because he he talks about that, and it's like you could tell it's something he had always wanted to get off his chest, but had never done. But he like he does it in this book. But there are also lots of other you know funny stories about his life. Like um, he's talked about it a bunch. The time he was in an elevator with Patty Smith and he like tried to ask her a really obscure question about the band Humble Pie and she was like really like what what are you talking about <laughs> and so he's just like been haunted by that ever since he also talked about the first time he went to go see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden when he was like 10 but then his friends like went to Times Square to go buy a switchblade uh, back when Times Square was really seedy, but then the guy ended up uh, getting sold a Mars bar instead. <laughs> so like upgrade, yeah. <laughs> lots of lots of funny little stories um, like that on top of like this really <laughs> like harrowing um, part of his life. So um, yeah, yeah, and he he makes it sound like he's planning on writing more books. It's just this first one was really hard for him to like finish because he he had to write about something that was so traumatic. So I'm looking forward to more 
Tom Sharpling books if he if he writes them. Yeah, dude. What was the book called? Uh, it never ends. It never ends. Okay. I might check that out. Yeah. Science of a frequent double threat listener, at least. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't know about it. Okay, great. Yeah, it came out like uh, I don't know, two or three years ago. Oh well, there, there. That's why. S- sometime during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I also have a book. Sorry, Sean. Ugh. Got some homework <laughs> to do. It's a real page turner. I'm gonna go with uh, I finished Cinema Speculation, Quentin Tarantino's book about how he likes movies. It's well, funny it when does. I got this. It's funny. I, I know, right? So when I got this book, Can't I was like, it. "What's the deal with this book?" And I finished it, and I'm like, "What's the deal with this book?" Because it's just <laughs> like it's just him writing about all these movies in chronological order starting from the late 60s, ending in the early 80s. Just some movies like he saw in theaters and likes. It's basically Quentin Tarantino's Letterboxd. But <laughs> if it was a whole book. Because like I was trying to figure out, like, what's the narrative thread? Is he trying to say like these are pivotal movies in certain ways? And some of them are, and some of them, like, I don't even know why he decided to talk about them. It just seemed like one particular day he's like, I want to write about you know Paradise Alley with Sylvester Stallone for some reason. Like, I'm not sure why it's in there. Or Daisy Miller, uh, Peter Bogdanovich's Daisy Miller, which kind of a forgettable movie. It's a very short chapter. I'm like, why Why is this in here? <laughs> but it was fun having this guide. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd read part of the chapter, and then I'd watch the movie, and then I'd finish the chapter, and I did that for every movie in the book. And I enjoyed all of them. Like, I, the guys... I. I I like his tasted movies. I mean, there a lot of the, the same kinds of movies. A lot of like seventies crime and thrillers. A lot of Paul Schrader too. Um, oh. But no, I I had a blast. Um, I rewatched you know a handful of stuff, and there's certain films like uh, I feel like I have a greater appreciation for now. And uh, I would I would definitely recommend it if you if you're trying to get more into seventies movies. I mean, just, like, what's it like reading it, though? Is it, like, pages and pages and pages of him being like, this movie's really, really good without any sort of narrative? No, I mean, he, ta- he talks about going to them. He talks about the making of them. He goes on lots of tangents. Um, he has a whole chapter, like, after the Taxi Driver chapter, he has a chapter, like, what if Brian De Palma had made Taxi Driver? <laughs> As he was offered the, the chance to direct that. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 very similar to his like podcast where he just talks about. It's kind of what what we what we do, but uh, better more. Informed. Even though he has a podcast that does this, I mean, yeah, his his podcast is a great companion piece. Um, I don't know. There's some good anecdotes in there, and he does like reach out to certain people in the book who are still alive, or you know. Like Walter Hill, he quotes a couple times because Walter Hill wrote The Getaway, and The Getaway is one of the movies in the book. He's got a couple quotes from uh, Paul Schrader, some Scorsese stuff in there. So, like, he reaches out to people when he can. You know, it's a little bit of film history. It's a little bit of just his opinions. And then, like, a lot of him seeing movies with various boyfriends that his mom had. Because, like, uh, Quentin's dad left him uh, at a very young age, so he just kind of had a series of of stepdads and boyfriends that would take him to movies. So that's kind of an interesting insight into his life. 
But yeah, and now I'm watching all sorts of like '70s stuff. It's been all, it's been I've been watching like exploitation and well, exploitation, just thrillers, and um, I think my favorite surprise uh, from the book was was hardcore, even though it wasn't the best movie in the book. And even he's like, this movie kind of sucks near the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really fun seeing George C. Scott freaking out in this movie. Because uh, you know that's that's the movie where he finds out his his daughter has disappeared and then emerges in a porn film. So he's trying to track her down. And there's one part yeah. where he goes undercover as a a porn producer and he wears like a wig and a mustache and he's in a hotel room and he's trying to like find some, one of the other people from the porn film. So he's auditioning male actors and they're just like going in there showing him his junk. And he's just like, oh, yeah, okay, well done, yeah. <laughs> It's like that's great. I could watch this scene forever. <laughs> could watch George C. Scott be frustrated about things mm-hmm. for hours. So that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, dude, check check it out. I bet he'll write another one of these too. I bet this is gonna be an ongoing. I wouldn't be surprised if there's gonna be cinema, cinema speculation too. Because yeah. he's almost done. Yeah, he's only got one more movie in him, apparently. And then he's doing this stuff. And I like his writing, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Sean, what do you got? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of potential tie-ins to the Super Mario Brothers movie right now sure. that we could talk about. Um, Fisher Stevens is in this, right? We could talk about the new season of Succession. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Legs is in this. John Leguizamo was in the first John Wick, so I could tell you about John Wick. Uh, chapter four just came out um but i went with the historical context reason so (laughs) super mario brothers as far as i know is the first hollywood video game adaptation and uh the most recent big video game adaptation was on hbo it's a show called the last of us that uh i really thought was quite good uh, it's, it just ended a couple weeks ago. Um, it's based on a 2013 video game by Naughty Dog, the, the company that also does those Uncharted games. Uh, in fact, it, it was the show was uh, like co-created and run by uh, Neil Druckmann, who uh, was was the the game director on The Last of Us as well as Uncharted Four. Um, but the show's uh, I guess showrunner and the creator is is Craig Mateson, uh, who was the guy who did all those bad comedy movies, and then he made Chernobyl, like one of the best <laughs> miniseries I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and tonally, it really fits with uh, with what he was doing with Chernobyl because this is uh, horror ish story of uh, you know human perseverance uh, in the face of calamity and terrible odds. Um, it's also perhaps more relevant now than it was 10 years ago because uh, while it takes on a lot of the tropes of a zombie story, this is actually a, a sort of unique pandemic um, story. That the, the story of uh, The Last of Us is that there has this been this mass fungal infection which uh, kills people and then turns them into these zombie-like creatures uh, and causes all of society to collapse. Um, was that um, also an intentional connection? 
Oh, right, the fungal all guy. The, yeah, all the fun guy. All the fun. You like? Yeah, that's specifically disconnected to the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's why mm-hmm. they did that yeah. Last of Us Mario Pedro Pascal mashup on SNL. Mm. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> so why do they keep making people play Mario characters on SNL? <laughs> There's also that uh, yeah. Elon Musk Wario sketch. I think it's just a funny costume and a funny accent. Yeah, I guess it is. I, Anyways, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so in in this story, the the outbreak happened 20 years ago, um, and they actually changed it this time. So it happened in 2003, and so now the 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 show is set in 2023. Um, which is which is this year but it's not it's not the same as as our this year it's a lot better uh uh the story is about uh pedro pascal escorting a child which is exactly the same concept as the mandalorian (laughs) everybody's made that joke but it is very very strange that that is the case um in 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 this case the the child is is uh, a young girl named ellie uh, played by Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones, um, who uh, is uniquely immune to the uh, the infection for some reason. And so uh, Pedro Pascal's character Joel is trying to take Ellie to a, uh, a, a lab somewhere out west um, where uh, scientists can study her immunity and perhaps cure the world and, and save civilization. Uh, but things start in Boston, so he's got a long way to go and uh, in a rough world to get through. So it's uh, kind of a thrilling adventure show for the most part uh, as these two characters grow a little closer. Um, it follows the plot of the game pretty closely, um, and it does it does end the plot of the game where, where this season of the show ends. So... Um, if you, if you did play through the story and you liked it, you, you're not going to be massively surprised by what happens, but I think everyone else will be, uh, thrilled. It's a pretty engrossing story. Um, but, uh, it does take advantage of the TV format by doing scenes and episodes that are, um, sort of totally disconnected from the, the main narrative, um, which you just couldn't do in a video game because it would be boring to people with controllers in their hands. Um, I would say of, of those, the highlights for me are um, the first few episodes have these sort of flashbacks to when the outbreak first started, and one even way further back where uh, uh, John Hanna is uh, some sort of, I guess, like epidemiologist who's on like a uh, like a Dick Cavett style talk show talking about how pandemics could happen, and he very ominously is like, "Well, the only thing that would make fungus really dangerous is." If somehow the world got warmer, but why would that happen? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, and then there's the third episode, which is a uh, almost entirely separate from Joel and Ellie's narrative. It focuses on a character named Bill, who's, to me, not a very memorable part of the game. Like kind of a minor character. To me, I guess other people really like Bill. Um but it, it tells his whole story, his whole experience of the 20 years from 2003 to 2023. Um, and uh, it's, it's really good. I, I'm, I've seen a lot of people online saying, like, if this was just released as a movie on its own, 
You know, it would be one of the best movies of the year, just that one episode. So, I mean, maybe if, if you're kind of interested, just go watch episode three and, and see if see if that does it for you. But, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's good. John, did you watch it? Uh, I kind of lost interest. I haven't finished it. Yeah. He knows all his secrets because he played through the game. Yeah, it's going. It's going too fast. <laughs> Resolving stuff too fast. Let it grow a little. Let it simmer. I like. I mean, I like that. That whole Nick Offerman episode is all self-contained. That episode is great. But the rest of it, I feel like it's moving too quick. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I I played the game. I get it. <laughs> That's the problem. I'm watching the show, and I'm like, this isn't what I do. There'd be a lot more running and then turning off the game and coming back later. <laughs> a lot more, um, like, missed shots. and <laughs> be a lot more missed shots. Going back and picking up ammo off the of dead A lot bodies. more Joel dying and then coming back to life. Oh, yeah, or just, shot. like, having to, like, lay back and, like, make bandages and then put them on. Yeah, doing a stealth mission, fucking up and starting over. <laughs> if it, yeah, for up to me, it'd be like uh, it'd be like twenty eight episodes. <laughs> it was like anyway, like how I played it. Well, I mean, it sounds like either the second game was way longer. I don't know. I haven't played the second game. Or second game is longer, and the second game has a. I thought I heard that they were if. Uh, they're gonna like split that into multiple seasons, which makes a lot of sense yeah. with how that game is structured. Well, there you go. Because you basically play a chunk of that game and then get the same chunk from another person's perspective. Mm. So that would be an interesting dynamic. Everyone's gonna hate it because it's woke. Oh shit! Yeah, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh god, I wish you'd go back to like how it was." <laughs> <laughs> You're ready gonna happen mm. right. um, yeah I never played The Last of Us I did watch the first episode of the show but I just like I don't know I wasn't feeling post-apocalyptic stuff right now I don't know why um, but a game I have played a lot of is the Super yeah. Mario games, for sure. Not all of them, but like most of them. I've played the, the big ones. I've beaten, like, most of the big ones. Never played Mario Galaxy 2, though. I well, that's best one. Is it? Did you play Mario is Missing? No, I've never played Mario like, is Missing. He said he played the big ones. Benjamin Franklin. Do you, do you play Mario is Missing, or do you... Learn Mario's missing. <laughs> I'd say learning is a, is a game in itself. That's it? that's true. No, yeah, but you know, you're right. It's not really a game. <laughs> it's like saying, like, I love type to learn. It's so fun. Well, that's more yeah. of a game, though. It's like a What's your favorite Mario Brothers game, Colin? Favorite? Um. Probably Super Mario 3. Old school. Yeah. 
I mean, it's always close for me between that and Super Mario World. I feel like they're both like the peak of oh. 2D Mario. So you're you're homing in on on the games that probably closest game to inspiring this movie. I'm, I mean, yeah, supposedly. Uh, what about you, John? What was your favorite? I go Mario? World for okay. nostalgia reasons, and I don't know. It's just. Love you like the, the music. I love the look of it. I love Yoshi. Uh, yeah, and it's it's one of the few I've beaten. I haven't beaten many of them. Even though they're not really that hard. Except for that one that was so hard that they couldn't release it in America. Yeah, the real <laughs> Super Mario 2. The real Super uh, Mario what's it, 2. The, the, the Lost Levels, I think is what it's called. We got that turn-up picking game instead. <laughs> well, what's your favorite, Sean? Um... I I'm more of a 3D Mario person, I think. So probably Galaxy or Galaxy Two, or uh, maybe I knew even you. even Odyssey. I knew go cool, cool choice. <laughs> Odyssey Fuck was cool because you had that hat, that hat where you could like take over T Rexes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, sure that's those, like yeah. the 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 only other time dinosaurs are heavily. <laughs> Mario property other than Yoshi, I guess. And this movie. I also had a really good time. Was that called 3D Land? The one where you had like the cat suit that we played co-op through the entire game? Mm, that sounds right. It's either 3D Land or 3D World. It's 3D something. But yeah, that was fun because you, me, Autumn, and Paul sat down and played like the whole thing together. Yeah. Playing the whole game co-op. And that was a blast. And the cat suit was such a great addition. Uh, That's all I ever wanted. Yeah. Yeah, dude. But. But. (laughs) When did you guys first see this movie? Uh, I saw it at John's house. He's like, this is my favorite movie. You're going to love this. This is my favorite movie. Like when when you were a teenager? No, definitely like elementary school age. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, I, I also yeah. was shown it by John, but I was multiple, like a teenager. Of and also Sean was there too. It was at Sean's okay. house. Well, well, yes, we had it on home video when it was new to home video. So I probably first saw it in probably the same year it came out. But you know, I don't remember how long tapes took to come out you know back in the day i don't know if it was like six months or a year i don't know but um watched it many times because you know when you're a kid you watch the same shit over and over again and it was exciting to think this is a video game but this is a movie too and there is a lot of uh like childlike stuff in the movie that's fun like the the booster boots and little bomb and all the fungus so i think it's like a if you're like a kid who doesn't like understand what a good movie is, this is a great <laughs> kids movie. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, if they took the Mario branding off of this, it becomes a better movie. That's kind of yeah, my stance yeah. on this. If it was called Dino mm-hmm. Hatton, which I believe is the name of the dinosaur <laughs> city, yeah, it had nothing to do with Mario. This would be like a cult classic. But unfortunately, yeah. it's 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 hitched itself to the Mario brand and is just. Uh, awful representation of the game <laughs> yes. in so many ways i don't even know where to begin with this <laughs> well okay i think you've got to begin by giving 
uh, not credit, but sympathy, sympathy to whoever wrote this because uh, uh, oh, you mean whatever ten people who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> if you're given the job, hey, adapt this video game into a movie and then you play the game and there's no story whatsoever and it's like like everything we know about the characters is inferred from the little booklet that comes in the box um or just like oh i guess he's a plumber because he goes in pipes and i i get that that's that's hard to then like faithfully adapt that into a narrative story um, also, so plumbers I, don't tend to live in like a <laughs> magic kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think, and I'm sure you're going to get into the background a little bit, Colin. But I do think the most baffling yeah. decision this movie makes is that making it a science fiction film, more yeah. or less. I mean, it's a very futuristic mm-hmm. movie for a game that has none of that in the game. Like, it would have made so much more sense to make this like a Flintstones type world. But I guess that's just even more expensive to create that kind of environment. So they're probably like, no, we can't do that. Yeah, like more. <laughs> it of needs to be something more tangible, world. more modern. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up with whatever this is. This is this movie reminds. Me, I was trying to think of what movie this reminds me of, and this is a movie I'm going to bring up again later because this other movie does what this movie fails to do, and it reminds me a lot of Total Recall, just like how it feels. Like having this weird kind of like semi-futuristic urban environment with all sorts of like creatures and gadgets, you know. I think just the fact that those movies came around the same time period and both have practical effects is why, like, I yeah. made that connection. Well, there's also something yeah. there about um, the main character in in Total Recall and in this being someone who like doesn't really care about the like politics of what's going on, but is still nonetheless like totally upsetting the, the balance of power for an entire planet. Yeah. Like Mario and Luigi don't give a fuck. They'll give anything to King Koopa. Like they're they're like we'll do whatever he wants. We just want to get Daisy right. back. And it, uh, and and total recall like they, they're, they're saving Mars, but he doesn't give a shit. But yeah, that movie's Mars. This is an alternate dimension. <laughs> That has where we evolved yep. from dinosaurs. I really want to talk about the beginning of the movie, but Colin, do you want to share any background about this movie? You don't I have guess, to. I, I guess, assume it's. I, I assume mean, it's complicated. Yeah, it depends how much depth you want to get. I could maybe. <laughs> I, I can be brief since we're already like forty minutes into the podcast. But right. I will just say. Before I even saw this movie as a teenager, as forced upon me by john uh who kept saying it's a blast quoting the <laughs> front of the vhs tape and i was like okay i guess we can't go wrong if it's a blast i gotta see who said it i'm gonna look up the tape i believe it was the washington post because it was on the front of the dvd that i had to rent from oh. the library to see this movie <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, it's not on streaming oh Mario that's dies right in the darkness. that's right i wonder i couldn't find out why i wonder i mean is it like Music licensing? Uh, yeah, I don't Dis- know. Disney just want to bury it for some reason? Or like Nintendo doesn't want people to see it. Like, I don't oh, know. they're definitely not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's... Pr- I, I think there is a, maybe a section on the Wikipedia where like 
some of the people involved have come around to it a little bit just because people have told them that they like it. Like John Lequizamo, Lequizamo yeah. understands that people enjoy it and he respects that. Yeah, he seems to be the person to come out of it like the least cynical. I don't think like Bob Hoskins or Dennis Hopper ever came to terms with the fandom of this movie. I think they always despised it. They both fucking hated it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the directors of this movie too were very unpleasant and nobody had a good time. Yeah. I don't know how much you read up on that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean... I was going to say, before I saw this movie, I had already known, like, the behind-the-scenes, like, fiasco of this movie. Because I I remember when I was, like, 12 or 13, I read this history of Nintendo book called Game Over by David Sheff. Which is out of print now, but it's very good, very interesting. Cool. And one of, like the first times I remember reading like a nonfiction book about, I don't know, pop culture that I loved and like getting to read about how it got made and like just the business behind how Nintendo became such this powerhouse in the eighties and nineties. Um, but anyways, that book does talk a bit about, yeah, how much of a ordeal it was getting this movie made. Um, and yeah, the weird thing about it is it was produced by and basically kind of spearheaded by the director, Roland Joffe, who um, was just coming off of directing The Killing Fields and The Mission, which were both like Oscar-y movies. And for whatever reason, he was just like interested in making a, a Mario Brothers movie. Um so we had to go meet with uh, Hiroshi Yamachi, the, the president of Nintendo. And, like, they gave him the green light. And they were basically like, yeah, just go off and make this movie. Didn't seem like Nintendo wanted much control over it or involvement with it, which kind of explains why uh, this movie feels so unfaithful to the video games. Um, huh. Yeah, uh, but they were the really the only stipulation they had was that they had like got to control the um, like um, like the merchandising of the movie. So, so it was literally just like, hey, this is a way to make money, I guess. Pretty much, and they just didn't didn't really care what the product would be, just as long as they made some money off it. I mean, this is the early '90s when Nintendo is like the <laughs> the biggest thing in video games and in children's lives and so yeah i'm sure they're just making shitloads of money and they didn't yeah but you think they would that would mean they were a little more protective over their like quintessential character their mascot i mean that's like dc comics being like yeah whatever you can make a superman or or (laughs) or disney being like yeah whatever you can do mickey mouse that's fine who cares yeah well, I think one of the things I read is they just thought the Mario brand was so strong that, like, even if this is a dud, like, we'll be fine. People will still oh. love this shit. Well, they were right <laughs> so about it's that. Like, it's like kind of arrogance, but yeah, they were right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Roland Jaffe, he got the approval from Nintendo. He hired uh, the first of many screenwriters to <laughs> okay. work on this film. <laughs> 
uh, I don't even need to go through all of them. Honestly, there's there's too many. So, do you I, have any I, sense of what it was originally like? Like, if, is this the original idea? No. It can't okay. Be. Fine. Fine. I'll go through each draft and how it evolved over. Yeah, <laughs> the that's many what writers evolved. it went through. Okay, so the first writer was Barry Morrow, who had just won an Oscar for Rain Man. Okay. <laughs> and so the original script was a bit That's like in the same vein, like it was kind of a road movie, and it was more of like a drama than a wacky comedy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then, um, writers Jim Genowine and Thomas Parker came on to make it a little more funny and they also came up with the idea of making it kind of similar to the wizard of oz like having them transported into this other world which is kind of what it ended up being um also harold ramus uh was offered to direct the movie because he was like a fan of the video games but he he eventually decided not to um Mm. which also kind of makes sense because it seems like um like one of their <laughs> sort of tonal goals in this movie was making something like Ghostbusters. Um, oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Like a little bit spooky, a little bit sci-fi. But they're mm-hmm. having a good time. They're having sex with ghosts. Having a good time, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, at a certain point, Roland Joffe wanted it to have a similar aesthetic to Max Headroom. Which, I don't really know the deal with Max Headroom, honestly. <laughs> like, I know he's like some computer man who had a TV show in the 80s. We're just, we're just a little too young to know about Max Headroom, I guess. But um... Pivotal character in Ready Player 2. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so... He's the main guy's like butler or something. <laughs> it's, so they have a it's, Im- it's important to anyone with with 80s nostalgia but yeah we're just we is, don't quite have that is max headroom a person or is it like a cg creation? no it's a guy it's that one guy oh he's been on a lot of stuff i feel like he's been on like seinfeld and stuff i can never fucking remember his name though but no it's a guy but with like weird makeup to kind of make him look like a little boxy a uh, matt frewer Hmm. Um, who's been in a lot of stuff. I think he's in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I think he's like the neighbor dad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so anyways, two of the uh, creators of Max Headroom was were Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel. Maybe Jenkel. That makes more sense. Um, so he got in touch with them and got them to uh, agree to direct the movie. Um Kind of what they envisioned at this point was like a darker adaptation of like kid-friendly material, kind of in the same vein of like Tim Burton's Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Which you can definitely see that. Yeah, weird touchstones for Mario, like the wrong touchstones for Mario. Yeah, not not at all similar to the video game, but I see what they're trying to do. So yeah, they're directing. Um, so Roland Joffe never wanted to write or direct this. He just wanted to make it happen. He just wanted to make money, just like Nintendo off of this movie. So good, yeah. Obviously, very good, noble intentions. 
I get it. You see something that's a moneymaker. It's like when Gene Simmons tried to copyright like Orange Juice, like the name, or or OJ. I can't remember. Something like that. (laughs) Sometimes you just see an opportunity. You got to go for it. I get it. Yeah. It's just, it is strange though, because Roland Joffey, like, he had just come off of like prestige Oscar movies. You'd think he'd want to do something uh, with, with, uh, yeah, that would have people give a little bit of respect to what he was working on i don't know but john that took me a little bit to understand what you said because you said gene simmons but because we're talking about movies what i heard was gene siskel and i was like how (laughs) in what world is gene siskel trying to copyright orange juice entrepreneur gene siskel Mm -hmm. gives that a thumbs up for sure what what draft are we at, Colin? Where are we at? Okay, I think we're about the fourth or fifth draft. Um, so they also decide to incorporate dinosaurs into it heavily because there were some dinosaurs in Super Mario World. Actually makes sense. Which was one. then yeah. the most recent Mario yeah, game. Yeah. But it does feel weird now because there haven't been a lot of dinosaurs in Mario games since then. Except for that one well, you play as in Super Mario Odyssey. And and also, it's like, hey, they've got other fun characters, right? There are Koopas and Goombas that we could focus on. Or the whole Bowser family. And Yoshi. Yoshi is a dinosaur, so I'll give him that one. <laughs> I'll give him one. But there's so many more. But also, Goombas are in this movie. But they're also like... <laughs> Dinosaurs, men. <laughs> Which, okay. Um, so yeah, then a couple more screenwriters came on. Whether uh, Parker Bennett, Terry Runty, made it made a little more. I guess they were giving it that sort of mix of comedy and and a little bit darker tone. Uh, but I guess. God, they made it too comedic, and then what, two more writers were brought up. <laughs> and then it's like, there was one last rewrite that happened right before filming by Ed Solomon, who is actually credited on the script. Wow. This is the one that intrigues me, Ed Solomon being involved. Because yeah. you see his other works, and you do see a connective tissue. Ed Solomon, the co-creator of Bill and Ted, and the writer mm-hmm. of uh, Men in Black. And I feel oh. like, because you, you see like the gadgets and the and there's creatures and like I feel like there's something like a, you can feel his influence on both of those films in a positive way. Though I feel like you, there's no way to really turn this ship around entirely. So you, <laughs> you can't really, you can only put so many bandages on the Titanic, right? To yeah, and I mean even um, <laughs> even with Ed Sullivan, it sounds like he was brought on. I mean, kind of more to make the film more family-friendly, which doesn't seem like it's necessarily his skill set. I mean, I guess a lot of his movies are kind of PG, PG-13, but this was kind of assigned to him because Disney had just taken over the distribution rights to the movie. And so some of the darker stuff that the directors wanted to put in, they wanted to take it out. Um, and like... Yeah, so the the directors, Morton and Yenkel, were given a new script like right before filming, and they were pissed off. <laughs> so they they really con- they really considered like quitting the movie at that point. But 
<laughs> they just kind of uh, powered through it, I guess. But, you know, it. yeah, it just sounds like they were totally in over their heads. Uh, I was reading an uh, article that The Guardian did like a few years ago. Um, where like they begin the article painting a scene of uh, Dennis Hopper just like screaming at everyone on set because no one knew what they were doing and it's just like that seems like it kind of encapsulates what it was like being on the set of this movie um, Bob Hoskins didn't seem to love doing it uh, I want to try and find there's a quote He's talking about it years later. Oh, yeah. In a 2007 interview, Hoskins said, should I do it in a Bob Hoskins voice? If you want. Don't feel pressured. Yeah, yeah I won't do it. But okay. he said, the worst the worst thing I ever did, Super Mario Brothers. It was okay. a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many God. weeks, their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> Jesus. Um, apparently him and John Leguizamo would just like go and get drunk uh, after filming every day. I guess they were filming it in like North Carolina at like some beach town. But it was they were just <laughs> filming it in this warehouse where they <laughs> constructed this gigantic like... <sighs> incredible set that looks insane um so yeah just uh just a total clusterfuck of a production um but there are cool things like it does i mean that set that they made looks like nothing else i mean it does feel a little like uh yeah like total recall or like uh the the tim burton batman movies or something but that's a that is kind of a cool time in blockbuster filmmaking just for like set design um just because it like predates green screens and stuff so <laughs> you just had these insane sets that were made practically i love it i love the craftsmanship of this mm-hmm. movie i think like a lot of the aesthetic choices are for the most part good too like yeah. Whether or not those Goombas are, I mean, I, I said whether or not, obviously not anything like what they are in the game. <laughs> it's still a cool yeah. design. Like, I think those mm-hmm. are done by um, Patrick Totopoulos, you know, he's one of the judges on that face-off sci-fi channel makeup show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're originally just going to be like background creatures, but they're like, they're so impressed with how they look that they, like, I assume in one of the drafts, like put them to the forefront and made them more important because yeah those look really cool and like all the fungus and stuff like that's one thing you can't knock this movie for like as bad as it may be like there's a lot of like great effects work that's really like you're saying really this is a really fun period for for blockbusters just because it's kind of like just right before cgi is kind of like sinking its teeth into the industry like i mean literally this is the same year as jurassic park so it's kind of like a last gasp of like practical effects but also like went way over budget and didn't make like that much money so it's like also a huge clusterfuck probably because of all those creative decisions yeah man can we talk about the beginning of this movie yeah definitely 
First of all, I gotta say, every time I see Roland Joffe's production company Light Motive, and they sh- they have the Mario jingle playing during that logo, like I definitely get a boner for that. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> hearing that, don't you love hearing music video like uh, uh, video game music anywhere in an adaptation of a game? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's real yeah. nice because they they show the logos. But then we get this weird explanation for. F- why Dino Hatton exists. It actually opens with a really funny bit where it's a shot of a jungle and it's like Brooklyn 65 billion years ago. That's very funny. But then there's like this weird like filter over the jungle that like I think they're trying to make it look like a video game, but like the wrong kind of video game. It looks more like a CD ROM game. Yeah. So there's like really crappy animated dinosaurs. And there's a narrator. It's terrible. It's Dan Castaneda, and he's like, mm-hmm. millions of years ago, dinosaurs ruled the earth. Life was good. And it's like, but then mm. a meteor hit the earth and split it into two dimensions. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> but they make it seem like this is like a common theory that people, this is so like, I, I need a little bit more explanation of like why a meteor makes multiple dimensions. I, it's not good enough for me. Cause like, I think about that, like, <laughs> that cartoon in Jurassic Park that explains dino DNA. I need a few more steps explaining why a meteor created an alternate dimension where people evolved from dinosaurs. It's just such a huge leap. Actually, I don't even know if any of it's necessary at all. If if, if, if you like either explain it more or don't have expl- don't even try. I don't know. It's just a wild opening to this movie, but it's actually like really short. It's only—I feel like it's like less than a minute. Yeah, yeah. they're just like, "Hey, accept this. Accept this." <laughs> and look, and look, look how we're showing it to you in this really shitty. They should, you know, what they should have done. And this is something I like. Throughout the the movie, at least in the the beginning and the ending, Luigi seems to really like some sort of like conspiracy type show. You know, and that was a very popular thing in the 90s, like those kinds of, like, conspiracy tabloid magazines. They should have opened it with, like, that sh- him watching, like, that show and that explaining some bizarre theory about there being an alternate dimension. Um, I think that would have been way better than whatever this is. <laughs> this weird animated... I can't get over how it looks, guys. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Uh, this also includes, I think, the only cold-blooded murder in the entire movie. When, uh, I guess, 20 years in the past, uh, we see Daisy's mom deliver her egg and the piece of the rock to the Catholic orphanage. And then she tries to go back down the sewer to her dimension. And uh, Koopa's there and he buries her under rubble killing her I like it you like that <laughs> I'm honestly I'm not gonna lie I'm kind of on board with this movie for maybe even like the first 45 minutes I like I, I even though I just bashed that intro and I think it's stupid I, I I'm really in the pocket with like the tone of this movie kind of because you had that weird vibe you mentioned the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie earlier, where it was like mm-hmm. kids' movies were still kind of scary, so I, mm-hmm. I was cool with that. But then once it like gets going with Mario and Luigi running their struggling plumbing business and just being introduced to that world, like I thought it was fun. Like I love the casting. 
I think I kind of think the cast for me all around the board is good. I don't know if there's any casting where you guys are like I don't like that. I don't like what they're doing here. But I I'm I'm on board with just about everybody in the movie. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I'd agree. I can't take any huge issue with any of the casting. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little unfortunate that like two of the main actors were upset that they were cast in the movie. <laughs> so it's like I don't know if they're really giving it their all here, but like, hey, yeah, it's good. Oscar has to do an accent, man. That's hard work. It is hard. He's so good. He's so has... good in this movie that he hates. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, he's fun. It's funny, even back then, they they just can't find anyone Italian to play either of these characters, though. Was Captain yeah. Lou Albano Italian? Maybe they should have brought him on board for the movie. You guys remember him from the old Mario cartoon show? He used to, like, introduce it, dressed as Mario. Mm. You know, he'd sing <laughs> no. that song at the end, where he's like, Put, swing your arms from side to side. And there's that great, like, he did a commercial once as Mario where he's like, don't do drugs, because if you do drugs, you'll go to hell before you die. <laughs> wow. Before you die. <laughs> you got to watch Whoa. it. It's really funny. <laughs> don't do drugs. You go to hell before you die. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> funny that that's how they thought Mario sounded for such a long time and then they, Mario 64 comes out and he's like actually he's got a very light voice yeah I think early on people just assumed he's Italian American he must talk like he's uh, from the Godfather or something yeah but Charles Martinet really uh, made that his own when he came on board in the, in the 90s Wahoo! love it but I love Bob Hoskins he's so good um and I don't know I guess I'm okay with this the fact that Daisy's like uh, into fossils and, and dinosaurs and shit. I'm okay with the dinosaur angle because I feel like that why... at, at least feels sort of like something from the games. <laughs> why you don't need Daisy? more Colin? Just why? No, why Daisy? <laughs> Who? What game had Daisy been in this? Was that like Super Mario Land on the Game Boy? Uh, it was, I think, right? But yeah, yeah I don't Asked know like why. Asked like you didn't already know that. <laughs> Well, sometimes she's called... I feel like that's one of those things that's gotten so muddled by what they call her in America and by what they call her, you know, like, in Japan. Like, they don't mm-hmm. even call her Peach over there, right? Isn't it, like, Princess Toadstool? Or I don't even... Uh, Sean, I'm hoping you have a little more insight into this because I'm already that's, lost. As far as I know, that is just her full name is Peach Toadstool. Peach Toadstool. Okay. Close enough. What, what was right. the name of the... No, I was just trying to remember the name of the girl from... The original Donkey Kong, but I think her name was Pauline, like the old school arcade Donkey. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, I was, I was just thinking before we started doing this, if I had to make the Mario movie in the '90s, I would have just adapted the original Donkey Kong game and then just made it about Mario trying to save his girlfriend from a giant ape. I don't know how you stretch that out to 90 minutes, but I think there's something there. Yeah. Um. But no, we got whatever this it's, is. It's better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just do the ending of fucking King Kong, but with the sky as a plumber. Yeah, why not? But you have Daisy. She's got the this rock, this magical rock that will f- 
it is later explained, will fuse together both dimensions. Yeah, I'm, apparently I'm, the thing is, when the asteroid hit and split the world into dimensions, it also shattered. And if it's restored to its perfect sphere form, the uh, dimensions will will merge. Which, it sounds like by merging, they mean just move everyone from the dinosaur dimension into the monkey dimension. Yeah. Um, I mean, and she's passionate about dinos, but her job is, is made difficult by the mayor, who really seems like a mafia guy. He's a really... <laughs> greasy looking guy with a ponytail which I found really funny some like Armand Asante type guy yeah. Scapelli that, I don't know how I pulled that out of, I'm not looking at anything Scapelli. I just remembered because Mario's yeah. always like Scapelli is yeah. he the mayor or is he the rival um, contractor oh, yeah I think it was the Scapellis were the other players oh okay okay gotcha uh well, I, I, so is Scapelli that guy in the suit with the ponytail, or is that somebody else? I think that's somebody else. Okay. Well, that guy was funny, whoever that was. Scapelli's the guy who gets turned into a chimpanzee at the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, Anthony Scapelli. That's not... Okay. Gotcha. Um, but no, I, I like the tone of this fir- the first half of this movie. I also, and you guys know this, love this theme song. This Alan Silvestri theme song. Yeah. You love an Alan Silvestri. I've never forgotten it. Never won an Oscar. Never won an Oscar. I don't, I don't know what he would have won. Not for this. I think, Sh- I think Schindler's List won that year. So it's fair that this, I mean, this did not like this got nominated. I guess I guess Back to the Future would have been the one to win, or maybe um, maybe Avengers Endgame. That probably had a good score, right? Would that lose to Joker? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Multiple Oscar-winning film Joker. Eh, I mean Joker. They put in the work. They're like, we'll have this chillest lady do everything. That's pretty cool. Alan Silvestri at that point is probably coasting because he already had done the Avengers theme 10 years. Yeah, he's never going to win an Oscar because now he's he's pretty much just chilling and doing shitty Zemeckis movies. Uh, I think, yeah, his chance would have been Forrest Gump, but that lost to Lion King, which it should have. I feel like most of Forrest Gump is just uh, needle drops anyways. He's just did that, that piano theme. But Mario, along with Predator and Back to the Future... I think uh, that's his uh, crowning achievements in my eyes. I guess Roger Rabbit is pretty good too. So, Colin, did you have like a, a, a like a roadmap of like plot points you wanted to to get through on this one? Mm, not really. It's funny as much as I say I like this first half where they're like being bumbling I just, plumbers. I can't really remember anything that's funny that's about thing it. Is I, I can't really go through the plot that easily because it's like so jumbled and like chaotic and I just like can't remember the plot that well. I mean, we could talk about the main things. Um, what, like the other plumbers are doing some job and... How did they get sucked into the world? How did they find that wall that they like jump into? So, 
Scapelli's goons are um, sabotaging the dig site by making it flood because the dig site has a bunch of plumbing in it for some reason. Um, and so Daisy gets Luigi and Mario to uh, uh, fix the plumbing problem. But while that's going on... Um, uh, Iggy and Spike show up, and they kidnap Daisy, and so they chase. That's them, right. And, and they know where the uh, the wall you can go through is, um, and it's got that one freaky shot where Daisy like reaches back through the wall, but like not completely. So it's like her silhouette pushing through the wall. It's pretty horrifying. Now, now we know what it's like when you go through that wall. You basically like travel through what looks like the center of the Earth or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We see Bob Hoskins do it. But I wonder when she's doing that, what is she doing? She's like fighting yeah. back? Like is she swimming through? It's well, we odd. know she has superpowers because of her royal blood. So maybe the experience of going through the dimensions is different for her. Fair enough. To- to- totally reasonable. <laughs> that, I really loved this wall, this portal wall when I was a kid. I thought that was really cool. Like I really wanted to jump through a portal wall. I think it's interesting the movie has multiple scenes of like, hey, you gotta jump because that's the main thing we got from Mario. Is the jumps. <laughs> he jumps. I love anytime they try to include anything from the game. It's just so I like need, I need more though. <laughs> he doesn't even hit a brick with his head. Yeah. Doesn't hit a brick. The... He doesn't collect coins. There should be a part where he has like, "Hey, look at all these coins. This is a lot of money." <laughs> he doesn't. We I mean, they find this. they find mushrooms at a certain point, but he doesn't get like bigger. When doesn't he eats get big. Them. I would love to see him get some more. See, that's the thing. They 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 didn't want to do any of the fantasy stuff. They just made it everything like sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Like he I would have loved to see him grow Yoshi. or get uh, fireball powers or get the cape that yeah. makes you fly. Yeah, <laughs> or ride Yoshi instead of just be sad. For some reason, sad. yeah, Yoshi has to Why be small. He, Are they trying to make him huge? Big enough to ride. For like a, for toys? Yeah. Why isn't he big enough to ride? Why can't you ride Yoshi to a really big jump and then jump off of him so you can make the jump and Yoshi dies in the fall? That's a good scene. And then he swallows a guy and he gets turned into an egg. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad there were eggs in this at least because eggs are a big part of the, the 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 more the more recent Mario games at this point in time when this movie comes yeah. out. Yeah, and it makes sense because they're dinosaurs, so they have to lay eggs still, even though they evolved into pretty much just people. Yeah, I think that was just an accident that there were lots of eggs in this <laughs> because of the dinosaurs. Hey, what do you guys think of Big Bertha? She's cool. I like her. I like her weird, like, spiky red leather costume. <laughs> Plus, she's she introduces us to the awesome, like, turbo boots. <laughs> Which, because Mario jumps, so you gotta have that. But you gotta have, like, an explanation for it. So there's, like, futuristic boots. I like her. You don't like her? Yeah. No, I do like her. I like the boots less, I guess. That's what I was nah, saying. That's at. like one of the yeah. first things that happens, right? When they go through the portal and then are in Dino Hatton. Dino Hatton. And the, everyone wants that, that rock. There's that like old lady that tries to rob them. 
I don't know why, like, this place has to be so freaking dangerous. <laughs> My just... favorite thing about Dino Hatton is that none of the cars have brakes, so you see them constantly, like, crashing into the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's one car that has a full skeleton just like on the, on the front of it. It's gross. There's fungus everywhere. There's like little dinos that eat at the fungus. Just kind of interesting because like I guess that um, I mean I, I guess that could be the equivalent of rats. I mean we didn't like evolve directly from rats necessarily, but they're mammals, so good enough, I guess. It is weird. It is weird how integral dinosaurs still are to their society like there's that weird part i'm jumping ahead a little bit but there's that weird part mm-hmm. where president koopa orders a pizza uh through like uh like a video chat which is cool but like the guy's like do you want pterodactyl tail on it and i'm like there's just like uh, it'd be like it just it's weird it's like if we were like eating like apes running around you know it's just like a weird <laughs> thing that they i know they or evolve from dinosaurs but cows Fair enough. Fair. I don't think I know enough about dinosaurs to really like weigh in on this. <laughs> I'm gonna assume they did their homework on this. Yeah. Well, uh, if I may, uh, pterodactyls are pterosaurs, which aren't actually the same thing as dinosaurs, although they did live at the same time as dinosaurs. Um. Yeah. When President Koopa likes them on his pizza. Uh, I, I did like the callback to that later when he's launching the invasion or whatever. And he's like, hey, where's that pizza? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Solid joke. What a great Solid character. Joke. Love that he's a germaphobe. Love that he has mud baths. Is that what that was? I assumed when he's putting like goop all over his hands in the yes. first King Koopa that, I think that's his introduction, yeah. <laughs> That, that that was setting up that later on he's going to have tiny arms because he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> but that's not what they do at all. That's just that one scene where he's doing weird shit with his hands. I didn't get it. I think yeah. it's like burning off the like your dirt and prints and shit. And I don't know. Mm. I, I think it's a it's a it's a cleanliness thing. And I think the mud bath reinforces that, even though yeah. it's dirty. But it is clean at the same time. It's dirty. It's, uh, it's clean. My favorite line from the movie. I'm trying to remember how That's Mario cool. and Luigi get um, end up at the police station, which has one of the one of the classic jokes from this movie. They end up at the police station because um, while they're uh, getting overwhelmed on the street with all the crazy sights and sounds, they run into <laughs> Toad, who's performing a anti-Koopa protest song, and he gets arrested. And while he's being arrested, the cops like, "Hey, are you a plumber?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm a plumber." And then so they arrest him too. And he's like, "I'm being arrested for being a plumber." <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh. But then the iconic bit I'm talking about is when the 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 police ask them for their last names. Okay. Mm. All right. I'm glad you brought this up. Because they uh, they ask what the name is. Mario. Last name. Mario. And then Luigi Mario. Uh I mean, it's a good point. Why are they called the Mario Brothers? It's not like Sean and your brothers are called the Sean Brothers. So I did. Here's all the research I could do. I gathered all the information that's available in the film. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I assumed at that scene, because we knew from an earlier scene, that Luigi was raised by Mario. 
um, that they're both orphans. And so I just assumed that they both didn't have last names. So he's like, well, you're my brother Mario, so we're the Mario brothers. But that's not the case. Because later on in the movie, we know that Mario inherited his tools and some of the phrases that he uses from his father, who was, and I assume, also Luigi's father. So we know that for at least some amount of time, Mario was raised by his biological parents. And yeah. possibly Luigi was as well, although it's, I can't be can't be certain. So this leads me to the conclusion that their family name is Mario, and Mario had sicko parents that for some reason just named him their last name, named him Mario Mario. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that checks out. I hate it. <laughs> well, like you have to admit, though, like the, it's not like the games. Are, that's what they're called. So it's like, is, isn't it kind of confusing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they could have done anything. His name could have been, you know, Giuseppe Mario, right? He could have just had a different first name, and Mario was his last name, and that's why they're the Mario Brothers. But they I'm didn't saying, do that. The did games they? already fucked this up because it's like Super Mario Brothers, and it's it's canon that his but, name is Mario and Luigi. Right, but that's all we know is that the, so he, they could be the Mario brothers, and the older Mario brother goes by their their last name, which is Mario, because for whatever reason he doesn't like his first name, and Luigi goes by Luigi because okay. again two Fair guys enough. going Fair by enough. Mario. I, I but they're you. like, you know what though? You know what? This scene is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna it's canonize the new who's forever. On first. It's the new Abbott and Costello. It's the only it's the only joke that can throne who's on first we're gonna do the one thing that is the legacy of this movie that otherwise would be totally forgotten and we're gonna make his name mario mario and best of all we're gonna do it in a scene that in both function and form it's shot the same way is recreated in the movie solo a star wars story (laughs) what the fuck Did you guys notice this? That that no, it's, yeah. it's the same. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So in Solo, in Solo, a Star Wars story, there is yeah. a similar scene where Han Solo is talking to someone, and he's shot. He's up higher. He's at a desk, just like in this one where the desk sergeant's shot. You know, at a low angle, so he's he's big and he's an authority figure, and he's like, "What's your name?" And it's Han, and he's like, "What's your last name?" And he's like, "I don't have a last name." So he's like, "Okay, Solo, it is. You don't have a people. You're Solo. <laughs> it's, why did?" <laughs> I mean, it's, I it's a little it. different. It's a little different, name, but it's a little like, twist on a, a classic scene. <laughs> the fact that it's even shot the same was yeah. I mean, how else are you gonna shoot a scene like that? <laughs> if a guy's at a desk, you gotta make him look imposing and sl- in a slightly comical way. <laughs> I just feel like commenting on a character's name is like the easiest. It's like the lowest tier joke you can do in writing a screenplay. It's like I'll do a bit about what their name is. <laughs> it's just funny because both of these both like piss off huge fan bases of like yeah, well established characters. <laughs> There's a good letterbox list there. 
there's a there's are so many better jokes you can come up with for the Marios. Like he could have such like what if his what you know it's the '90s, right? Yeah. What if his first name is like Leslie or something like a, a traditionally more feminine name? What if his first name's Camille? You know, and then ha, ah, he's so embarrassed because he's such a gruff masculine guy, but he's got a feminine first name. Ha. Ah. Yeah, that but sounds pretty no. good. But no, he's Mario squared. And I do not remember how they... I remember they have very funny mug shots. Um, I also don't remember how they get out of this uh, situation. Like, how they get out of here. Because this movie they is don't very have to much try very hard. a blur. I was actually trying to check back on Wikipedia for some, like, some plot. And it's, like, three paragraphs. Like, they gave up on Wikipedia trying to, like, break down, like, scene by scene what happens in this movie. It, it, it gives you nothing. It's just, it's just too hard to keep track. And it's so, like, but, in... <laughs> unintelligible it's but it's also just like embarrassing to like have to yeah. talk about like yeah, you, you know how they you know how they escape john is they're brought they're brought into the devolution chamber oh uh, okay they, we got we gotta go way in depth on this this thing but yeah and well okay you can go in depth on that and i'll just say how they escape is they just like they gotta just push people around and leave and it's not hard for them <laughs> you're right they, they even managed to put is that when they put Koopa in there, or is that later? Yeah, they do. They put Koopa in there for just a little bit. He gets a little taste. He gets a little devolved, de which makes it so he has lizard eyes for a second, and then later he has, like, a lizard tongue. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, the devolt chamber, I think, is the most clever thing in this entire movie. Like, it's the thing that captures my imagination, but also simultaneously mm. scared me the most as a kid was the idea that you could put in chair and it could essentially, yeah, make you stupid and turn you into what you used to be. To the point of even going all the way back to fungus or primordial ooze. It's a very scary yeah. concept. And this is one of those things where it's like, this feels like so much like something that's in Men in Black. This is where I feel like the Ed Solomon <laughs> influence. I don't I don't know specifically what he added. Like you're saying, Colin, he, he, he was kind of, it sounded like he was kind of in charge of making this more of a family film. So maybe... That was from some yeah. other draft, but it really felt like something that I could see in Men in Black as well. This, this <laughs> devolved chair. I find mm -hmm. it so scary, but I also like the fact that you can use evolve, which is weird how they use it on Iggy and Spike. And it's like, I don't know if that ever really makes the characters more interesting or more funny or like, I don't really, no. I, I think it would have made more sense if only one of them was smarter and then that became their <laughs> dynamic. Yeah, or or if they and then also had devolved the other ones, so like one of them becomes a primitive dinosaur man, and the other one's really smart. But I then, the same note. Then they're just fucking talking like Fraser the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they don't seem that much smart. I don't really get why they did that. Why they and uh, <laughs> and it turns out that they were on the uh, the good guy side all along, um, even though it doesn't really have any consequence at this point in the plot. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I can tell you in the manga adaptation that was released to promote this movie in Japan, yeah. which is uh, Makai Teikoko no Megami, a.k.a. Goddess of the Demon Emperor. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, Goddess of the Demon Empire. I don't know. That's what they called it. It's a very truncated version of the story. But one of the changes that I like is that they had Spike and... Uh, it's Iggy, right? Iggy and Spike? Yeah. Um, 
they just get turned into dinosaurs. And they're just dinosaur goons. They don't change sides either. They just stay as dinosaur goons for the rest of the movie. And it's it's better. <laughs> All right. Um, but the devolved chair is awesome. It scares the hell out of me when they take Toad, who's now like a rockabilly folk singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Turn him into a Goomba and also let him keep his harmonica. That was nice. So him. you can tell which one he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always remember thinking, like, man, if I got turned into those, I would, I would definitely want to be the one with the more kind of like dinosaur-looking head than opposed to the one, like the round head ones, because there's two kinds of Goomba heads. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was wondering why there's just the two kinds. Why? I mean, if they had to make a bunch of props, why not? Or, or I guess prosthetics. Why not make a bunch of different kind of little triceratops head? Yeah. Like a um, nice Brachiosaurus long neck one. Oh, that'd be fun. I like the design of the Koopas though. Um, even though they feel, yeah, like like something out of like Total Recall or I don't know what they they have like huge like coats and shoulder pads and big boots, <laughs> giant, <laughs> giant bodies, tiny heads. So the the thing is, like, yeah. I feel like I'm on board for the, with this movie, even though it's like hard to follow for about 40 minutes but then the thing is once they've kind of introduced everything that's kind of it like going back to like total recall like total recall is always introducing new like gadgets and creatures all the way to the end of the movie like you know you get all the sci-fi stuff like johnny cab early in the movie and then you get like um what's his name quato later on and then you get mars later on <laughs> but in mario you kind of see everything you're gonna see in like the first 30 40 minutes i mean there, there's stuff that pays off like you get to see them use up a bomb later and i guess the mm-hmm. fungus yeah, i guess you get to see like uh koopa devolve further but yeah, at a certain point, it's like this is—we spent all our money on all this stuff, so now we're just gonna kind of play in this space, and it just kind of sucks. Yep. <laughs> like I, I'd say, the point where the movie just like totally falls on its face for me is when they've like when they end up like in the desert for—I don't know if it's like five minutes or twenty minutes. I can't even remember. <laughs> I, I'm totally like checked out by then. Like I'm not following what's happening yeah. in the movie, or I don't care about where the rock is. I'm just like, let's speed this up. Uh, Spike and Iggy just aren't that funny. I don't, ugh, I don't care how much they talk like Frasier. It's just not funny for me. Well, and and they're also doing the thing where uh, Fiona Shaw's character—I don't remember what her name is—is is betraying Koopa to pursue her own. Yeah, I think her name's ambitions. like Lena. Yeah, I think because she's she thinks Koopa's in love with Daisy. I'm not even quite sure why she did this. Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's just like I don't care about this. I don't uh, need this some, yeah, subplot. It's weird. I don't. I like. It, it, it's funny how everyone's like got a name from the games, but her. It's like she's just some new original character they really <laughs> needed. She needed someone to talk to, I guess. I'll never understand. Why do you think they made him King Koopa and not just Bowser? What happened there? I really, I don't know. Is is Bowser's name like Cooper Koopa Bowser or like he is he King of the Koopas? What's his connection to them? Yeah, I think Bowser is the King Koopa. But they call. Yeah. Him, why don't they just call him Bowser? Do they not why? want to piss off the guy from Shanana, who's named Bowser? <laughs> 
Yeah. It's weird. It's like arbitrary decisions like that, or like, like how like this guy's named Toad. Is he like Toad in the games? I, who cares? His name's Toad. It's close enough. Not really. Like, is his haircut supposed to like evoke the mushroom head? It doesn't quite do that for me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all like almost similar to the game, but not quite. As a kid, I always hoped. Um, cause you guys remember the ending of this movie. I'll just, you know, I'm not trying to skip ahead of everything, but it's got kind of a cliffhanger ending that sets up a potential sequel. I, as a kid, I was always like, Ooh, then they got to do Bowser with John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> that just made a lot of sense to me back then that they're, Oh, they're going to do Bowser with John Goodman. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it, is that does give them the, the wiggle room to introduce Bowser as like the big bad of yeah. multiple sequels if this go if this turns into a franchise. And he could be like the like they'd have like Dino Vegas, like Lost Vegas or something. Even though there's yeah. Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas later. Yeah, you just want to use like Fred Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, but it's also confusing because it's like, wait, is King Koopa Bowser already though? I think he is. They have just they both? they made the name confusing. But as a kid, yeah, I was I like, think... oh, maybe they're just setting up Bowser. Yeah, yeah. There's that little bit of wiggle room. And sometimes that's all you need when you're making this <laughs> when you're making this stuff up as a kid in your head. Um. I thought you were going to bring up how Lance Henriksen shows up at the end of this movie for no reason. Love it. Love yeah, Lance. So he, spends, he spends his time before that being in like a fungi cocoon. This movie is kind of so gross. gross. It's really gross. Like, why is this Revolting. movie so gross? There's a lot of goop. Kids love goop. But like, and it's hard to like gauge like how sentient the goop is because... When uh, when Daisy discovers the goop sack that comes out of the ceiling, but like is like above a throne too, so he's still in his throne yeah. room. It like kind of responds to her commands, and it's like it's, it's also yeah, it's really upsetting, and it's also implied <laughs> that he's like helping the Mario Brothers like throughout the movie by by using his fungus, which is his body, I guess. Or an extension of his body, at least. Yeah. Because he was devolved into fungus. Oh, it's so... Now I just keep thinking about that gross, like, fungus cocoon that comes down. The little head, yeah. But it's not really a head. It's just like a a ball of... It's like fucking, like, nutsack. It's disgusting. It is. Like a melting nutsack. That's disgusting. They eat like disgusting lizard shit in this movie. It's a gross movie. You know, one one scene for me that does no, actually there's a couple. There's a couple scenes that do pump a little life into it uh, for me in the middle. One being uh, when Big Big Bertha shows up again, and there's that dance sequence mm-hmm. where they have like this the cool like like insultingly bright neon suits. And it always pissed me off how Mario's wearing a yellow suit and Luigi's wearing a red one. It's like, just give them fucking red and green. <laughs> like, they fix that by the end of the movie, but you it's like, come on. You what you want. But I love that dance sequence where he's trying to get the rock back from her. And it's like, it seems like they kind of have some something going going on. Like, some some chemistry there. And I find that very... I like that. Um, it's also got that dinosaur song in it. 
walk oh, the everybody walked. Yeah, everybody walked the dinosaur, which I, as a kid, thought was written for the movie. So I was like, oh, that's such a good song the kid did for this. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're dumb. But that scene, there, I like. There is that implication that uh, Mario's a bit of a Lothario in this because. Oh, love it. Um, like he, he's got the one girlfriend that he rescues, but it seems like all the other babes that have been kidnapped like have some sort of relationship with him as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he seduces Big Bertha. It's yeah. great. It's great. I like that scene. Another scene I really like is um, when they're in the elevator, all of the Goombas, and they try to get past them by making them dance. Uh-huh. And it's like it's uh, almost hip- hypnotic to them. That I find very amusing <laughs> as well. There's also that weird subplot on the on the subject of Goombas where like Toad is a is a good Goomba who tries yeah. to befriend Daisy. And I always found that really upsetting because it's like that guy is now like an idiot now and he's trying yeah. his best to like <laughs> like remember like he, who he was he's like some sort of good person wants to help her but he never gets turned back and he does get lit on fire at a certain point which i found very upsetting as a kid when they like, does do we know that he doesn't get turned back i don't think we see him get turned back but we see lance henriksen get turned back why wouldn't that's true wouldn't but the I, I guess because you don't see it you don't see any goombas change back also well, we don't- lance henriksen isn't a dinosaur right he's a fungi man <laughs> we don't really know he i mean yeah that's his so maybe the rules are different i see i wasn't sure if like it's like goes like primordial ooze fungus dinosaur like i thought <laughs> i thought maybe that was part of it but now that you mention it she's like in the game she's princess toadstool so maybe just but she was born from an egg yeah hmm i think it's open uh, to interpretation <laughs> Whether Lance Hendrickson was ever part dinosaur. Or maybe he was a fungus, and then her mom was dinosaur. And then that's why she's an egg. Yeah. Well, the mom was definitely a dinosaur, because she was wearing a leather jacket with spikes. Which is <laughs> code for the, you're a dinosaur. You're a dinosaur. <laughs> they all have leather and spikes. Yeah, they all wear, like, futuristic S&M gear. Because <laughs> that's what the games are like, of course. Uh, I guess there's also that scene where Mario rescues all the girls and they're like flying down the a ice pipe. pipe. That's kind of fun. Yeah, it's I, like in the games. They travel in a pipe. I, I appreciate mm. that their plumbing comes in handy again and again. I think that's fun. There is stuff in this movie that like they set up and it pays off. Like the bomb, mm-hmm. like the, the, the devolve chamber. Like It does function as a screenplay, as a story to an extent. There's the thing that bothers me is they set up over and over that Luigi has these instincts about where to go and what yeah. to do, and they're always wrong. And that never pays off, as far as I can remember. He's just always wrong. I mean, he's right about the fungus is trying to help us. He was, his instinct was right that the fungus is their friend. Everything else is wrong, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean they get they kind of get through this adventure mainly just because of Mario. He's kind of coming to save the day. He puts in the work every turn. He even used the ingenious idea of using the mushroom when he fires the devolve ray, and the mushroom gets all big or something. I'm not really sure what's going on there. He's like a shield. Remember that? Yeah. That's pretty wild when they like 
disintegrate into the other dimension. <laughs> you know what I felt like was a huge cop out is uh, Koopa uses the devolver ray on um, Scapelli, and while he's being devolved in the middle of that effect, you clearly see that they had a person in a monkey suit in the middle, and then the, he ends up being just a, a real chimp. And I feel like it's a cop out that Maybe. they went to the trouble of making this outfit, and then they didn't deliver on a <laughs> primitive ape man performance. <laughs> get a glimpse of it, Sean. How did you like that the devolve gun was that? Uh, what do you call it? That one Super Nintendo. The peripheral. Super Scope. Yeah, that's fun, right? That's like it's like video <laughs> yeah. games. It's like in the video games. Although I prefer that he's also got like a fucking flamethrower gun that he uses a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Some pretty badass uh, guns in this movie. <laughs> Another I, thing Mario I, does not have at all. Mm-hmm. The games. Um, I think the uh, the jump boots, the, the ammo that they use for those to get the, the jump was a bullet bill, I think. Oh, you're right. There is a bullet bill. That's like the ammo for those jump part Because there's a part where they shoot it out of the, like, or they put it in the boot and it launches the boot. Yeah, and then they shoot the boot as a weapon. I forgot bullet bills. Were... See, there's stuff. God, the more I think Some about it, stuff. though, if you just made this like a fantasy Flintstones thing, it would have been so much easier to integrate so much of this stuff. Like, I was just thinking about like uh, having piranha plants would have been cool. Like, there's there's yeah. other stuff they could have done. Fire flowers. The superstar would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of jumping through the wall, they could use a warp <laughs> whistle. I don't know why they didn't do that. They just—they felt the need to reinterpret everything as future tech. <laughs> Jumping's now so these boosting strange. boots. Instead of mushrooms, there's just fungus everywhere. Oh, and it used to be a guy, and now he's a giant nutsack. And that's why it's called the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> also, hella dinosaurs, dinosaur mutants. It's wild to me that this is before like Jurassic Park. You think if it made maybe came out after, maybe people would have been a little more into it because they're like, oh, I love dinosaurs now because Jurassic Park. It really got <laughs> screwed actually by coming out before Jurassic Park because this was this was May '93. Jurassic Park was what like June maybe? It was like a month later, a <laughs> couple months later. So uh, that's nuts because it seems like it's something that was made to capitalize off of it, but no, really, it was just somebody trying to make semblance of the game as a movie. <laughs> And just taking all well, a lot of people trying to make semblance of it. Yeah, this is all Roland Joffe's fault, really. For, for... Just wanted to make a buck. Okay, so it's just we... interesting yeah. that it seems like he never really made a movie as a director that anyone cared about after this. <laughs> it feels like it cursed him. Maybe this uh, light motive took a huge hit from this. It's not. It's very it's, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not a production logo I've ever seen in any other movie. <laughs> I'm going to look up see what else they've uh, produced. Since what did they produce after? Not that. Oh, okay. So it's funny because Mario isn't even on this list on their um, Wikipedia. <laughs> well, no, it's it, no. This is weird. Actually, when you click on Light Motive on Wikipedia, it takes you to the co-founder of light motive a guy named ben myron who co-founded it with roland joffe so it just has his producing credits mm-hmm. uh one of which is is, is showgirls 
Nice. I don't know what else Light Motive did, though. Maybe they just went kaput. I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, I don't I don't know any other... The only Roland Joffe movie I know is The Killing Fields, which is not like this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, Fat Man and Little Boy. We watched that in school. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was before this. That was, that was before. I was just wondering what <laughs> I'd seen of his. Oh, that Scarlet Letter movie. Yeah, but nothing like this. I guess he learned the right lesson from producing this. Um... I keep I keep thinking like oh we got a comment about the part where they like warp into our world but it's like oh nothing really interesting happens there aside from that guy getting turned into a monkey. Uh one interesting thing happens. And the mushroom thing. Yeah, go ahead. One very unfortunate thing happens, which is we see that uh Koopa's tower replaces the World Trade Center towers, so we get a <laughs> shot of the World Trade Center towers disintegrating. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Do you think there's people out there that have like a conspiracy theory that the Twin Towers are now in Dino Hatton, that they've gotten warped <laughs> to another dimension? I bet it's out there. Some, someone's got the idea. <laughs> Probably like one or two people who believe that, yeah. Um, but aside from like, yeah, there's that and there's the monkey thing and there's the mushroom tactic. Um, and I guess the effect of them warping between worlds where it looks like they're disintegrating is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the only other remarkable thing I, I, I think about is, is, uh, Dennis Hopper being turned into a T-Rex, but only temporarily. Yeah. Yeah. He pretty much gets devolved just into slime. Like it's, he's like a T-Rex. And he's like peering over, and then he just turns into a puddle. <laughs> yeah, they very conveniently like launch him into a barrel thing. Yeah, and he so. like pokes out, just kind of splats out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie uh, ends on a cliffhanger ending that has never paid off. Yeah. Like it back. To it's the, the it's like the most uh, infuriating kind too. If like you're a kid. And you're excited for this because, like, she says, "You're never gonna believe this." You're never gonna. It, believe it's not this. just like oh, we need your help. We're like something like. It, I'm, I'm trying to think of what, what do you think it would have been a, a bigger, more annoying if they said like, "There's this new guy in town. His name's Bowser." I, I think I think that would have been more infuriating. That would have been like if at the end of Batman Begins, when you see the Joker card, they just never would have made another one. <laughs> Yeah, because well, then your imagination I, just races with like, oh, what could it have been? Mm-hmm. But since they don't tease anything, I guess there's nothing to like get your hopes up about. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they left themselves all that wiggle room. Maybe they're just waiting for what the next Mario game would have been, and then once they <laughs> then once it was that baby one, they're like, okay, now this is definitely isn't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they probably knew sooner than that that they weren't making an- another one of these though yeah. wild movie it's so crazy that they turned that game into this weird like <laughs> c- cyberpunk <laughs> thing with dinosaurs yeah 
Just keep it simple. Yeah. I, I like, yeah, I just make it about Mario going up against Donkey Kong. That's good enough. Or maybe have some creatures come into their world. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It is it is a hard task if someone's like, you have to make this into a live action movie and it can't be too. Yeah. Yeah, it can be pretty expensive, but it can't be. You can't build a you can't build a Flintstones world. Yeah. Which is what they should have. Like in a perfect world, this would have been made by like Henson Company, Henson Studios or something. Just have a bunch mm-hmm. of puppets. But uh, there, I, there is one thing I have to say about this movie, and that it's a blast. Okay, here it is. <laughs> it is a blast. Game. It's, a, it's a blast. It, yep. And it is impossible to watch. Very hard to watch. <laughs> yep. But we did it. I own it now. You own it. Does that spe- have, have special features? It has no special features. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing you have the DVD I rented. It yeah. did not have any special features. Does it have, a, a scene does it have scene selection? Barely. Just I think barely. It did. They're, they're, the scenes are pretty long, so. Did <laughs> I hear correctly? I don't know if this is true that David Lynch movies don't have scene selection on their Blu rays. <laughs> Because he's like, no, you, you got to watch it from the beginning and don't watch it on your phone. You know, stuff. he's very stingy about that stuff. Yeah. It's I don't actually watch one of his DVDs. I don't think I own any of them he's physically. He's a pretty streamable guy. That's true. I own a few, but I don't think I ever... Just go like, oh, I really got to watch that scene. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I ever started from the middle. <laughs> Or turned my DVD player off in the middle of it. Yeah, I guess scene, yeah, scene selection isn't something that I... That was an interesting concept back then. I guess in like a pre-YouTube world, if you want to watch a clip from a movie but don't want to fast forward, I, I guess. But it seems like the thought process... Like if you, yeah. I think it was for if you stop the movie and then come back to it later. But I feel like a lot of DVD players would just like keep it paused at that moment even if you turned your dvd player off maybe some of the early ones didn't they had to in some reason they felt yeah. like that was a necessary function to have on every dvd yeah, i don't know kids these days will it's never nice. be able to appreciate scene selection on a dvd <laughs> or dvds for that matter yeah, so did this did mario ever did ever come out on blu-ray it's just dvd no, it looked like there might have been some sort of UK Blu-ray that I could have ordered on Amazon, but uh, that was more expensive than the seven dollars I spent on the DVD. I don't even know who would want to be like like. I guess you get the directors to do commentary, even though it sounds like they had a miserable time and were miserable yeah, I don't know. to everybody. Still, uh, John Leguizamo do it. Yeah, he's like getting super <laughs> drunk while he's doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, maybe it's just put in the Criterion Collection so we can have a definitive. Yeah, protect it. Cover is just like a bunch of fungus. Yeah, that's what you do. Because then Criterion does those commentaries where they just have critics and film scholars talk about it. Oh, yeah. Have the, uh, the angry video game nerd do uh, commentary <laughs> for the Criterion, the criterion. release. 
What a shitload of fuck. <laughs> well, you can't get... Unfortunately, Peter Bogdanovich has passed, so he can't like do an introduction for this or anything. So. Ugh, it's too bad. But hey, you know, after all these years, we're finally getting another one. Yeah, we'll see. That uh, looks like the games. Animation really, it is pretty wild that they're like, let's try this live action. When I watched the the most recent trailer for this new Mario movie, I was like, oh, it's about to transition to gameplay. Like every shot, I'm like, oh, it's just about to transition. I should get a controller. Yeah. Do you think you're gonna get antsy watching it, being like, "Oh, just give me the controller." This is my biggest concern. (laughs) They're like jumping. You're like, "Oh, just let me do the jump. I can do the jump." Or like they're gonna be on Rainbow Road. It's like, "Oh, I know the shortcut. Come on, come on." Yeah, you jump off this part and you land way towards the end. It seems like they did their homework on that. In terms of, I would assume so. I mean, also like. We now live in an era where people have, like who are making these kinds of movies grew up with these games. Where back then, like the people that would make these movies about games, <laughs> it was really just know. yeah, what like games what the games were, were. like. <laughs> yeah. just had to have like children explain I mean, to them what it was. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious how how many of the ten writers hired for this movie actually played the games, <laughs> or at least <laughs> knew them well. I mean, they probably just played the first couple levels of Super Mario World, which I feel like are, sp- are especially yeah. dinosaur themed. Is, is the is the world in Super Mario World like Dinosaur Island or something? I feel like there is a lot of dinosaur stuff in that game. Yeah. Though then again, I can't remember. There's also like a chocolate world in that game. Like it's or mud. I feel like yeah. I feel like there's You're just absolutely one dinosaur right. World. It's called. It's called. Uh, it says on Wikipedia, after bringing peace to the mushroom world in Super Mario Brothers 3, the brothers Mario and Luigi decide to go on vacation with Princess Toadstool to a place called Dinosaur Land, a prehistoric themed world swarming with dinosaurs and other enemies. So it is definitely, um, you know, but like, I, I feel like you don't have to play much of the game to get that. You can actually probably just read the manual to get that. That's literally what Wikipedia says. The plot of Super Mario World is detailed in the instruction booklet. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, didn't, they didn't even have to play the game. She's like, oh yeah, it's just some guy jumping or some shit. I mean, I guess they have bombs and they have bullet bills, so they somebody must have played something. Sure. They just found very odd ways to incorporate them. Yeah. Sean, do you have any goofs? Yeah, dude. Um, at one part, after Spike gets uh, his brain evolved, uh, he says that this square root of 26481 is 191. Um, that's actually the square root of 36481. Uh, that indicates that the actor got the number wrong while he was speaking. Uh, okay. If you're curious, the square root of 26481 is actually 162.73. Um, well, I did also read an interview where Fisher Stevens says that, like, the dialogue was so bad that they just, like, uh, improvised a bunch of their... Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you should have improvised a more memorable square root. <laughs> I guess. He fucked it up. Um, there's also some spelling errors in the movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the theme of this Sean's Goof section is it's for the kids. They're, they're here to learn. 
Um, for example, when Mario and Luigi steal a police car and are being chased, they enter a tunnel where a message on their computer says, Warning, tunnel not finished. And the word finished is written with two N's. So uh, it's as if the tunnel is not made by Finnish people or not in the Finnish language as opposed mm-hmm. to completed. So that's a, a big, uh, big whoopsie. I got to um, I don't know, Sean. This is a different dimension. <laughs> <laughs> I well, perhaps I mean, finished is spelled differently in Diohad. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and then pro- probably John noticed this in the in the end credits. Dan Castellaneta's name is misspelled. Yeah, well, that's just hard to do. <laughs> I'm a huge Simpsons fan. I don't think I could spell it myself. So, oh, would you like to try? I have the correct spelling. No, that's okay. I don't. Me. I don't know it. It's fine. Well. They wrote it with an E instead of an A and with an extra T. All right. Um, everything else was perfect, including the villain of this movie. Perfect villain, uh, which is why we got to do John's Rogues Gallery. God, I love being a bad guy. Uh, guys, we got... This is, our, this is our first Dennis Hopper, right? I think so. I, yeah, is there any returning actors from... I always like to keep track of our three-timers club. Yeah, well, I think Frank Welker is well beyond three-timers. Oh, yeah. Because um, he was Yoshi among... And I think the Goombas as well. He was. He's, yeah. he's all over this joint. I, I bet Lance Henriksen's in the background. He's like popping up and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Including this, he's pop. He's popping in. Mm. I can't think of anyone else in this movie that we've covered yeah. in something else, though. Don Lake's in this. He's in like a bunch of Christopher. Guest oh yeah, movies, he's we the talked about those. The police guy, yeah, yeah. Mm. But uh, uh, President Koopa, full name Koopa, first name unknown, aliases: President Koopa, King Koopa, Larry Lazard. That's funny. I don't mm. remember that one. That's, he, that's the name he uses when he uh, introduces himself to Mario and Luigi pretending to be their public defender. Love it. Koopa that's Clown, true. General Koopa, and Ruthless Dictator. Ah, a Ruthless Dictator. I remember that. <laughs> Origin Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Yeah. Occupation, Ruler of Dino Hatton, and Dictator. Seems like he's like running for election though, of dick yeah, of being there's dictator. Like election, there's election posters. In I, the I guess I assumed he was mayor, but um, it's it's interesting because instead of saying like vote Koopa, they say elect Koopa. So I don't. Maybe it's one of those things <laughs> where you vote process. and he's the only person on the ballot. Yeah. Yeah, or it's just really rigged and corrupt. But he must be a dictator. They used to be a monarchy, right? Because they had a king. So he must be king, but they call him President Koopa. So he changed it into a, a democracy, but it's not really a democracy because he's a dictator. We didn't really get into the government of this movie. I'm not really yeah, sure where it's it... hard to say. <laughs> um, his powers slash skills: manipulation, Devo gun, leadership, and yeah. flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love how it's written here. Not like use of a flamethrower his skill is flamethrower 
He's more effective with it than anyone else. It's cool. Hobby imprisoning plumbers and those who are disloyal to him. Yeah, I guess. I really hate plumbers. Why does he hate plumbers so much? <laughs> I guess they do kill him, so that's a good reason to hate them. Yeah, mm. but he maybe he had some sort of premonition in the future plumbers would kill him. Goals. Retrieve the meteorite that will allow him to travel between dimensions. Uh, yeah. Get rid of the Succeeded. get rid of the Mario Brothers for ruining his plans, and Failed. and then rule our dimension to wipe out all mammals. Failed. Now, Sean, they say all failed, but I think you're right. Uh, he, he did correctly do the first thing. Yeah, he got the meteorite. He even had uh, Fiona Shaw stick it in the thing, and she got turned to a skeleton. Yeah, so they f- fucked up here. Um, I guess he doesn't keep it because Luigi uses his tools to cut it back out. So maybe that counts as uh, a fail. He still he did it. it I, I, no, I think he did it. Okay, crimes. Attempted murder. Ooh. Kid- Is it a crime, though, if he makes the law? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think you got a great point there, actually. I don't know. Well, okay, but are these... Are we judging these crimes on our mm, <laughs> our laws against humanity, or uh, of the laws of the other dimension of Dino Hatton? Yeah, this, I mean that. Yeah, if it's the laws of the other dimension, and he makes those laws, and we don't know what their laws are like anyway. Well, we know you can't uh, be a plumber. We know we know Finnish is spelled differently. <laughs> <laughs> we know cars don't have brakes. Yeah, that seems to all be good. Uh, Crimes, allegedly. Attempted murder. Kidnapping. Unlawful imprisonment. Attempted genocide. Like, barely. (laughs) I think unlawful imprisonment here is a real hard sell, because... we really we, we have we, no one is making a civil rights case on behalf of the plumbers that they shouldn't be in prison for being plumbers. But what about the, all the girls that he kidnaps? That's kidnapping. I thought kidnapping was separate from unlawful I, imprisonment. Well, the, he's putting them in a prison. Was, was, I was know kidnapping I, not on no, the list. It was. They, you're right. They are separate. But I feel like uh, villains wiki can be kind of derivative in this way. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, you bring yeah. up an interesting point. Okay, I don't know then. Yeah, that one is suspect. Okay, but but no, but you also do bring a good point because he doesn't he doesn't lock up those girls in the prison. He does have them stored away in his palace, yeah. which can't be for a good reason. <laughs> okay, att- attempted genocide. Uh, he turns one guy into a chimp. Yeah, but he was going to turn everybody into chimps if he got his way. Mm, I, I just feel like he should have gotten do. a little. It's like, I guess it's good enough. I, I mean, I guess attempted murder can just be like you winged someone. You don't have to like. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. I'm I'm okay with it. Um, theft. Uh, theft. I, I guess of the rock. It's not his. Oh, true that. And abuse of power. <sighs> Again, it's hard to say. <laughs> we don't know. I'm not going to judge Dino Hatton and how their society works and say that ours is superior. They obviously have superior uh, technology. You you made a compelling case before that he had brought them out of a monarchy into a democracy. 
You know, aside from the fact that he wants to, I mean, not like our reality is that great. Maybe it would have. Maybe it would be better if uh, President Koopa ruled both. Uh, he, I don't know. Think how free you would be if you. You know, he does turn people into Goombas, though. That one's pretty bad. Yeah, but those are dinosaur people. We have to choose what side we're on. Uh, we have to choose what rights we really. It is hard about. to side with him on that issue. And it seems like you can, you can become a dino man for. I mean, what did Toad do? He's like a, a protest singer. Protest song, man. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm not on his side. I was for a second. I was like, maybe this guy's got the right idea. But no, I don't think. So. No, I'm not sold on it. All right. Okay, and then can you guys guess? the type of villain that President Koopa is. I think they actually fucked up because there's a description in here earlier that would have been perfect, but he's not that. So if it's something that you heard earlier, uh, it's it's not that. <laughs> well, since he is a T-Rex, I feel like you have to have either tyrannical or tyrant as one of the two <laughs> words. You can't, you can't be a tyrannical tyrant because that'd be insane. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, genocidal tyrant. You sure you didn't look this up beforehand? <laughs> I've never looked at this wiki. Okay, well that's exactly correct. Fucking <laughs> yes! Wow. Genocidal tyrant. Mm. Amazed. To the point where it's like, it's so impressive that I think she cheated, but I know what he did. Why would he? <laughs> Oh my god. Well, good job. He's a genocidal tyrant. It seems like it could have been Ruthless Dictator. Cause do you want to know my guess? What? <laughs> yeah, what's I your guess? I wasn't going to do a serious one. What was your guess? Uh, Sorry. Uh, Supreme Dino Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite clothing brand. Supreme yeah. Dino Daddy. I like it. That would be a good username for anything. <laughs> Supreme Dino Daddy. <laughs> That's President Koopa. And hopefully I'll President get to do a villain's Koopa. wiki on our next episode. But Sean's got to pick it. Um, you know, I I didn't think to look up if this has a villain's wiki. That's, that's maybe... I'll find something else to fill. I, I made. This might not. Um, because for me, there was a movie that I... Uh, not, not too long ago, we were doing our anticipated movies of the year. Not, not too long before that... On the blog, manlyplease.com, we did our favorite movies of last year. And there's one movie that none of the three of us saw. I think because you still have to pay money to rent it, even though the movie's more than six months old at this point. Uh, probably getting close to a year old. And uh, it was definitely one that we were all excited for, really looking forward to. And then it just flopped. Um and I'd like us to go back and give this movie the shot it deserved a year ago. Um, so if you guys are willing, I would like it if we watched 3,000 Years of Longing, the George Miller movie that came out last year. Oh, yeah. yeah no one has seen that movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sure. I want. I. It's like I kind of want to see. This is great because I, I was like... I was like, I'm like interested, but I'm like, what's ever gonna make me finally give me the push to watch it? And it's it's the power of the pick. <laughs> I'll do it. I feel like 
the blank check guys watched that and liked it. So somebody likes it. The thing is, George Miller made Mad Max Fury Road, and every single person was like, this is one of the great movies of all time. And then he's like, I'm going to work for the next movie on for like seven years, and it finally comes out, and nobody saw it. It's really weird. I don't know why we didn't do this. I think it was just um, weird timing. It took too long for it to come out, and then it was like, is this like an action movie? Is this just like a romance? Uh, what is this? It was like a hard sell, like, I'm still not like a hundred percent like what it is. Is it like a series of like stories, like fables that are told? Um, yeah, I think it's just a hard sell, man. If this had just been like the genie has like fucking gun, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I wish you were dead, and that uh, like kills people. <laughs> you can call it the three thousand years of bodies or something. Yeah, that would have been nice um, yourself. If nothing else, it'll be fun to see a movie starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton, where Tilda Swinton is the normal person and Idris Elba is the weird guy. Also, cool choices for Mario and Luigi. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yeah. Should be, should be a blast. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you'll you'll hear that next time on our our mildly pleased podcasts, uh, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find it on mildlypleased.com. If you for some reason want to catch up with our Oscar Fortnite reviews, you can do that because we haven't yeah. written really anything since then. It's been a few weeks, Oops. but. Uh, We'll be coming at you with more of these episodes of The Pick. Um, So, you know, you better tune in next time. You're never going to believe it.